Hello, and welcome to Season 3 of the Pivoting Out of EDU podcast. This is a podcast designed to provide you with the inspiration, confidence, and strategies for transitioning out of campus-based positions in education toward other opportunities. Hosts Drs. Jamie Hoffman and Tom Studdard pivoted out of campus-based positions and have experienced success by translating our education skills into a new career path. With almost 16,000 downloads across our 35 episodes in our previous seasons, the need is clear and we're back for Season 3. For show notes and information about the podcast, visit pivotingoutofedu.com. Our inboxes are clear that you all need support with your pivot. Therefore, if you're thinking about pursuing an opportunity outside of your campus-based position or know someone who is, check out our website for pivoting resources and our consultation services. If you think this podcast was awesome, please consider giving us a five-star rating. Now, sit back and get ready to be inspired. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Pivoting Out of EDU podcast. I'm Tom Stutter. And I'm Jamie Hoffman. And we are both really excited to welcome to the show uh, Dr. Jonathan Johnson, uh, who serves as the Vice President for Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, and Belonging for Planned Parenthood of Greater Texas. Jonathan, say hello to our listeners. Hello, everybody. Jonathan, I must admit, I am not only excited about your story of how you pivoted out of of, of higher education and into uh, the private sector, but I'm also really interested to explore what it is that you do um, specifically at Planned Parenthood in the great state of Texas um, as a former, well, I guess once a Texan, always a Texan. So I was born and raised in Texas and, um, <laughs> you know, continue to follow the state of Texas for better or for worse uh, from afar. So I'm, I'm really interested to sort of uh, get your sense on sort of the national news that's been happening, particularly as it relates to Texas and the work that you do. So um, right. let's get us kicked off. You know, if you want to just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your background in education and <clears throat> why you chose to make the pivot out of a campus-based position and, you know, what that first position was. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And thank you all for inviting me on to your podcast. And uh, I'll definitely expire by it just from um, listening to it myself personally through through one of the people that you interviewed before. And, and I think my background definitely, you know, if you get, you know, definitely I want to offer that because it really does provide some sound context as, as far as how I got here, which I would never even think in the world that I would be in a position that I am right now uh, 20 years ago. All right. Um, but I, I would say before, for over 20 years, I really have centered my experience on cultivating student success and retention initiatives in higher ed. I do have a specific interest and expertise and advocating for the matriculation of underrepresented and low-income college students. And that really reflects my own foundation and my own background experience as a low-income Black male who is a first-generation college student. And so my, my undergraduate experience is, is really interesting. It was very impactful on my, on my current focus uh, tremendously. I, I attended Berea College, uh, which is one of the nine work colleges in the country. And so basically, if you if, if you can afford to go to school, you can't get admitted <laughs> there. And uh, it was also the first college in the South that was um, interracial and co-educational. So the first college in the South that had interracial um, students there, black and white, and also men and women. Um, it was founded in 1855, which definitely informs my purpose, I think, how what led me through to, to enter higher ed and what work I do right now. 
Um, because I'm um, working on campus was a requirement at Berea. You know, I worked in multiple roles, particularly I remember my sophomore year, I worked as a resident like in residential life, as well as I was a peer mentor for our Black Cultural Center. So as a student, I had to, because of the requirements, I had to learn how to balance work, academic, student leadership, and my social responsibilities. Um, I ended up earning a, a BS in technology industrial arts and with a concentration in project management. After I after undergrad, my first job actually was not in higher education. So I, this is kind of a, a, pivot, a pivot there and a pivot back to some, another industry. I worked as a technical recruiter for a commercial space for, um, a, a, uh, I, let me start a little. I, I worked as an under, well, after, after, I, after undergrad, I worked my first job, not in higher education, I worked as a technical recruiter in a commercial staffing firm for about two years. Um, and so that gave me a lot of experience about how the corporate world worked. Um, it was high, high pace. I kind of uh, equated to the movie Boiler Room. Have you ever seen that old movie? It was really high intense uh, office space. But um, in higher education, I started out in residential life. And I described my overall experience in higher education as interdisciplinary. Uh, for instance, for over the years, I gained experience directing and leading multiple departments within higher education. Um, and I credit that to working at Berea College, uh, where you just had a small liberal arts institution where you had to wear different hats. And so I took that through a lot of um, a lot of all the institutions that I worked at, you know, for a small private and urban institutions. Um, I directed residential life and housing operations, facilities management directed our Black Cultural Center, I directed health and wellness departments, which include um, counseling, disability center, led campus recreations, directed health services and health promotions. And during my doctoral experience, which was totally different, you know, I was hired by Dr. Michael Sujay to work as a GA doing graduate recruitment, which was totally different from how I understood higher ed, because uh, we tend to focus on undergraduate experience. But I learned a lot about how to work with the graduate student population, adults in population, uh, and professionals. I also taught throughout my experience as well. And so that's just a little bit about my background that really informs about who I am today and what I'm doing today. Yeah, that's great. So I, um, again, I'm, I, I'm fascinated, one, by the undergrad that you went to. I love the way that you described it as if you're too rich, you don't get in you know, in, particularly in terms of the service to students, uh, you know, the type of institution that services that type of a student. So I appreciate that. But I, I also, I love hearing your story about how, you know, that's the type of college you went into, which sort of gives us a little bit of picture about who you were as a young man and, and what you have since done, you know, right. having, you know, gotten a master's degree, having gotten a graduate certificate, having gotten your PhD and, and sort of worked your way to the position that you're in now. Um, I'm, I'm sort of blown away by by what you've what you've achieved and 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 and, and where you are. I, I'm, I'm really really impressed by it. So thank you for thank you for the story. No, yeah, you know, and and that's the kind of philosophy that I really try to share with a lot of my colleagues and people that I've supervised and mentored over the years. As far as the experience that we have is is really valuable in higher education, definitely, you know, because I think we work in so many silos mm -hmm. and having that broad experience really expose you for many opportunities in higher ed 
but also expose you so many more experiences outside of higher ed. You know, you even mentioned my graduate certificate, you know, I did it because I wanted to learn more for my, my doctorate for my research. You know, I got my graduate certificate in Pan-African Studies, which allowed me to, to teach more, you know, in, in Africana studies and, and create courses and, and things like that around diversity, equity, inclusion. That's fascinating. Thank you for the story. I appreciate it. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, agreed. Uh, fascinating learning about all of the different sort of areas of higher ed and beyond that you've worked in and would love to now hear uh, more about your current role um sort of how did you find it um what do you like about it what are the challenges what does your day-to-day look like just a broad picture of um how things are now in your current role yeah so uh, you know serving as I'm the, I'm the new vice president, you know, so this is a new role for Planned Parenthood of Greater, Greater Texas. And I was looking for an opportunity to really, you know, it, it was difficult. <laughs> I just didn't, it just, I just didn't find it. You know, it was, it took a lot of um, self-exploration, you know, because um, I think there was a lot, there's a lot of roles out there, but um, it really took a lot of self-exploration and thinking about all the different things that I'd done in higher ed and try to figure out, all right, what is my niche? You know, what is the thing, what are those things that I can center upon? You know, because I couldn't send my 13 page resume off <laughs> to, to a corporate environment or nonprofit environment. So I really had to focus on what that was. And so my role now, since it's so new, it really is building things from the ground up with regard to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And adding belonging is something that, that's new that I'm happy to have um, brought to the organization and they, they welcomed it as far as thinking about how we how we provide a space for people to feel like where they belong. And so so that's really my job, you know, so it, it is essentially uh, providing an inclusive leadership throughout the organization for our clients and our community stake, stakeholders. And my ultimate goal is to foster an environment where everyone feels and believes that they belong within the organization. Yeah, no, I appreciate that too. You know, in your current role, I have to ask, right? Because you're working for Planned Parenthood in the state of Texas and the state of Texas is made national news, uh, you know? uh, And so, you know, know, regardless of folks' politics, you know, who are listening to the show, um, you know, I'm, I'm sort of interested to hear from you, like, how do you do, like, I, this is going to sound so basic, but how do you do the kind of work that you're doing for the organization that you're working for in the state that you're in and not just feel like you're up against a brick wall every single day of, of, of the week? Like, how, 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 how? <laughs> right. You know, and I think it's my, my attitude towards it. You know, I'm definitely working in higher ed, you have your ups and downs every year. You know, you, you experience so much every year. You, you've experienced protests before. Right. You you have experienced, you know, change all the time. And so for me, I saw this as an opportunity. You know, I saw that I saw myself as providing or using myself as a resource for the organization through these tough times, you know, you know, and, and given it where it was with Senate Bill 8, which is in Texas, you know, which is giving us challenges as far as what reproductive rights look like helping them through that, you know, understanding that side of the world. You know, I never worked for a nonprofit before, but understanding what social justice look like, but also understanding what change look like and, and how can I be of assistance um, in working with them? Um, there are definitely some hard days um, mm-hmm. with this um, because it's still ongoing, but 
is the commitment to the work that I provide and how I can connect with others. Because then my job is just not my role, but it's also what my role looks like with everyone else's role and responsibilities within my organization. Right. And, and try to connect that so they can understand that we have some connection and we all have a purpose when it comes to reproductive rights. It is and, and, and working as a nonprofit at a nonprofit. It is a purpose driven organization, you know, and for me, I can't work without having a purpose behind what mm-hmm. I do. And so it makes a lot of sense for me for the, uh, for, for the work I'm doing, even given some of these really challenging times for the state of Texas, but also just around the country. Right. Yeah when we thought about having you as a guest this year and we sort of followed your, your LinkedIn and I saw that that's what, where you currently are. I was, I immediately said to Jamie, I was like, Oh, I have to ask him more, more than just questions about pivoting. Um, <laughs> I can only imagine, but I love what you sort of talked about as, and particularly in your role, being able to, you know, talk about access, talk about, talk about, you know, essentially DEI at its core in a, in a situation that, you know, per, perhaps not a, a lot of the people that you service may not have the same sort of access rights or the same sort of, um, you know, fill in the blank that that many folks do. So I, I really appreciate it. And I, and I applaud you for the work that you're doing. I, I do want to dive in a little bit into sort of skills, right? Like, you know, you've made the pivot out, you've, you've gone back, made the pivot back out. What skills made you successful as you pivoted? And, and particularly, what did you learn at your campus-based positions that have been sort of carried over to what it is that you're doing outside of education? Yeah, I would say definitely my interdisciplinary experiences, like I, I, how I described them. You know, in higher ed, we are we're expected to, at some point, serve as a generalist. And and and, and I've done that, <laughs> you know, in, in my roles um, and, and the titles that I've had and the, the type of leadership that I've had. So, you know, I do not you know, take my experience for granted at all. And I think that's what helped me as far as the skills that I had to help me to help me pivot. You know, I was able to articulate what that meant, you know, so I did have to change my language. I learned that I had to change, you know, the, the, the language that we use in higher ed to language that's relatable to the corporate and nonprofit worlds. And, um, and it was, you know, after a while reading so many job descriptions, you know, and um, speaking with other colleagues that have made the transition about what about what that looks like. Those are the skills that I, I really, I really um, pin myself down on. And, and as far as like my campus based education and, you know, and experience, you know, learning the difference between being a supervisor and not just being a manager is something that I, I really appreciate uh, because there is definitely a difference between those that just manage people around, but also what are you providing for those people that you do supervise or manage? Some of the things that definitely benefited me, the strategic planning and strategic initiatives, you know, something that I, I, I have to think about every day. And those experiences I got early in my experience and carried on. Project management, you know, is really is, you know, I mean, program managers really is like project management. You know, we, we do programs all the time. And that's definitely related in the business world. Budget management and budget planning is something that that's definitely leverageable and transferable. But also just just those cross-functional experiences in higher ed, you know, really allowed me to see the bigger picture throughout an entire organization. And so because I've worked in different areas in higher ed, you know, coming into a new organization with different values, I was able to still see the bigger picture and appreciate that and how it connects that bigger picture down to my role and other roles um, within the organization. 
I would say policies and procedures, definitely, you know, something that we, um, my role is on the HR, so those policy procedures come up a lot, but also just some of the fundamental things that we, we've learned and experienced in higher ed as far as recruitment, hiring, onboarding, coaching, mentoring, all of those things are things that I, I, I use today. You know, those same type of ex- experiences uh, that you try to create for people, this is the type of ex- experience that I try to create within the corporate world or the, the nonprofit world that I'm in right now. And it's totally transferable and it's really valuable too. I love, you know, sort of the relatability of the skills that you mentioned, because a lot of, as you know, and, and mentioned really, a lot of the folks listening have done and, and gathered those skills. So thank you for emphasizing those. I do want to back up just a little bit, if that's okay. You hinted at a bit of a reflection process, maybe that you went through to really decide what path you wanted to go in and then that that it took a bit of time to find where you were um, where you landed and I, I also think we have I mean we have some listeners that are like oh that's it I want to go to project management because Tom and I do you know consultant work and sometimes they're pretty clear and sometimes they just really don't know so could you share a little bit about sort of how what you did to sort of decide that this was was the path you were going to go down and then um, how did you begin with sort of looking for the role? You know, that is very interesting because I kind of looked at it as whenever I interview for a higher ed job, I would do my homework, right? I want to understand the organization. I want to understand what my how I contribute to that organization, you know, that mission and values, what alignments I can make. And so I looked at, okay, I looked at my own experience, you know, so my own experience is his own job its own um, job description, all right? And if I, would, I would look at that and try to pull out some of those characteristics that had a thread or had a category, you know? So almost like research, you know, you're looking at those things. And so I, I looked at that and determined based on all of my experience, for me, the things that stood out most that I could try to translate to make sense in the, the corporate world was diversity and inclusion. It was also teaching and learning, which is called um, learning and development in the corporate and business world um, where you can do coaching and things like that, but also the recruitment piece too, you know, some of those things that I, I've, I've done and also just the leadership, you know, deliverables, what are you, what are, what are the things that you deliver? So looking at those, those are the areas that I, I really focused on um, by looking at my own experience, but also just reading, uh, reading other job descriptions, you know, really educated me about what language to use and so that I can better understand, you know, about what, what does this mean? And sometimes I, I may have to just go on YouTube, you know, to learn a little bit more about a particular area. It was one company I, I, I interviewed at a, um, a real estate company, you know, a huge real estate company. And, and to think about, okay, they do commercial real estate. But I had to think back to my facility management experience, right? You know, and, and a lot of what they did is what I've done in higher education, you know, managing properties, doing budgets facility, you know, operations, the facilities piece. And so I had to really translate that, you know, into into what they were looking for as well for that industry. But also it was a diversity position. So I had to try to speak those particular languages too. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, that's fascinating. And I think that that's not only some skills there that folks need to sort of think about, but also the pathway to get there and, and the the okay that it, that you're giving people to, to, to really look. The 
struggle that I had and the struggle that I think a lot of my clients have is one, not knowing where to start, right? Um, you know, going to indeed.com or LinkedIn can can feel overwhelming. And then not knowing the terminology to use, like you said, you know, learning and development is what we call it in corporate. But if you don't know that, like you don't know yeah. what you don't know. So how do you even start <laughs> right. the process? You know, I think it's, I think what you said there sort of reminds folks like be okay with the fact that it's a little bit messy in the beginning. And it may take a little bit of sort of deep dive and look and, you know, confirm and whatever the case may be. So I really appreciate that. Um, so Jonathan, I've loved this conversation primarily because, you know, your, your story, I think will really resonate with folks, both, both the perspective of sort of going in and out of higher ed and landing in the position that you're in now. Your background is fascinating. And I think, you know, again, the position that you have now is one that I think will resonate with lots of folks. Uh, you know, uh, DEI is, is not only important work, but it's, it's it's a field that I feel like is opening up more and more in the corporate and, and particular, you know, in particularly, but also in the nonprofit world. And I know that Jamie and I've had a lot of conversations with folks who are interested in going into that field uh, more full time. And so to hear that folks can be successful doing that and, and, and you've made that leap is, is really great. I, I, I'm hoping that you can, in sort of one sentence or two, um, some of our guests need to, it's fine, um, sum up in one sentence sort of the advice that you have for someone like a guest or like a, like a listener of ours who might be looking to make their original pivot out of a campus-based position. One sentence, man. <laughs> if you need to, you can have it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I, I'll reflect on back some things that I've said, you know, in, in summary, you know, really to assess all of your functional experience that you had, whether it's professional, paraprofessional, if you did as a, uh, in, a graduate took school training, but write down what those emerging themes are that, that, that come out, you know, that, that really show your experience and what your passion is, your passion is for. And then, you know, use that thread to connect them for a role outside of higher education. That's great. I really appreciate that. Thank you for that great advice. So, Jonathan, thank you again for joining our, our, our little podcast that has taken off. We've been really excited to, to have so many listeners. It's been fun. It's been really fun. Yeah. <laughs> again, I, I know Jamie had higher expectations than I did, but I certainly never thought we'd hit 15,000 <laughs> downloads in two seasons. So, um, yeah. and, and the type of guests that we're getting, and you're a testament to this, the type of guests that we're getting, you know, is really, you know, we, we sort of have all over the place, right? We have folks that have, have just pivoted out. We have folks that have pivoted and pivoted back. Um, we have folks that have gone into executive level roles um, in corporations. And so I think it right. gives folks who are listening some hope that this is possible. So thank you again yeah, for joining us. Right. You know, and it was one thing I meant to mention. I know we won't have a lot of time, but no, you're good. How, how I found out about how to pivot is I did a Google search about, you know, how can people leave higher ed? And I found a higher education, um, uh, inside higher education article that spoke to spoke to this expats uh, of higher ed Facebook group, right? Yeah. <laughs> and because I'm like, somebody had written about this somewhere, but I reached out to the Facebook group, found them on, on Facebook, and I just asked the question, has anybody pivoted out of higher ed and can I have a conversation? Yeah. You know, and that's really, really how it started. And I, I interviewed about four or five different people and they gave me so much knowledge about and, and also confidence to know that it's possible. You know, and you just have to do it. You have to think about it, but just do it. Don't don't let don't don't let your education or your, your differences of education be a hindrance or be a barrier for you, uh, because you're definitely qualified and, and, it's, and it'll definitely pay off for you. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. That's uh, 
great way to end the show. Well, listeners, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Pivoting Out of EDU. We look forward to seeing you next week, or hopefully you're downloading us next week uh, as we bring to you another great guest. Thank you for listening to Pivoting Out of EDU. For show notes and more information about the podcast and our consultation services, visit pivotingoutofedu.com.